Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 66, where we're going to talk about how we are not Walmart. What's up, Martina? Do you think that Walmart's going to sue us for using their name in our title? Well, Is this the they're not going to get anything. They're going to say they need 10 cents per download? Well, they'll get a whopping 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> So things are back to normal. I'm home. Trevor's home. We're actually recording. We're going to put it, put this episode out for you guys. In all fairness, last week was your fault, not mine. I mean, I told you you can get a guest speaker. You just didn't. Well, that's because nobody was available. <laughs> so here oh, we are. Oh, did you reach out to people? I did. Oh, you didn't tell me. But nobody was available. You definitely let me enjoy my vacation. Mm-hmm. Because normally we chat a lot throughout the day, and then because I couldn't respond to you as in-depth as you would have liked the first day I was gone, you'd kind of just stopped after that. My phone ran out of data. Oh. (laughs) Can that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. When you don't have unlimited? Interesting. It resets tomorrow, but I ran out on, like, Wednesday. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. Well, when you don't have unlimited plans... But I mean, like, I didn't know that people didn't have unlimited plans anymore. Well, it's because if, like, my bill now is not that bad, but mm-hmm. if I switch to unlimited, it goes up like 80 bucks. Yeah. I'm and like, they probably tell you to ridiculous. get a new phone and you're happy with your iPhone 7. I'm, honestly, look, the prices are just too outrageous anymore. You remember when you could pay 200 bucks and get a new phone? Do you remember when you could just trade in your old one and get a free one? Yeah. <laughs> just... Like that that's when I got my iPhone 7. I traded in my iPhone 6 and got a free iPhone 7 and just paid the tax. And now it's like, oh, minimum you're spending a thousand bucks. It's like they're making up for all those lost years of them not having good sense about making people pay more. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I used to be that person that needed to have the latest technology, and now I'm just like Whatever. I, If the phone is free, I'm good. My 7, that's what I upgraded to. I think I have the 10s. But my 7 wasn't picking up my voice anymore. So for phone calls, for Instagram, I mean, hi, how am I supposed to story? So, But I mean, the phone call thing was definitely an issue if no one can hear me. So I could only use my phone to text. So then I had to upgrade. And it just sucks because then it's like, you have this monthly payment of $35 now for the next like 24 months. Yeah. Well, and if I do it, it wipes out all of my discounts. Oh. So, like, if I if I start a new plan, it wipes out all the discounts. Oh, because you don't work for those places anymore? Well, and because with Unlimited, like, they restrict your discounts, I think, on what you can get more hmm. than they used to. 
it's like they're all cracking down on, like you said, on the past yeah, decade the of them being mistakes. <laughs> but I looked at, uh, well, I looked at switching to AT and T. That's who I have. Because I have Verizon now, mm-hmm. and it was just as expensive to be on AT and T. Man, I hope we get sponsored from this. I saw a T-Mobile ad the other day that was like, all your lines, each unlimited line is like 50 bucks. But T-Mobile has terrible connections here, or at least it used to. Oh, never mind then. Yeah, it was like 50 bucks a line, everything's unlimited, everyone gets an iPhone 11. I was like, damn. That's what like, you know, Verizon advertises is like so much per line. Mm. But then they're like, oh, but you have to add on the service fee. Which is like uh, another X amount, and that's where they get you, and it ends up being like two hundred and something dollars for two phones. I'm like, shit, it's cheaper to have four phones and just not use two of them. I always like when it's like a convenience fee of X amount of dollars. I'm like, that's called an inconvenience fee. Yeah. Because I don't want to pay that. I was looking at buying concert tickets yesterday, and I was like, the inconvenience fees are as much as the ticket price for this concert. So it's funny because I was looking at buying well tickets for the kids for disney on ice of all Mm -hmm. things and it was like 20 bucks a ticket or something maybe 28 and then it said upon checkout each ticket will have a nine or ten dollar charge as a convenience fee for delivery i'm like you're emailing me the ticket yeah so it's free for the delivery but then you have to pay yeah because that's how it was yesterday because it was another concert in vegas and I was like, oh, man, I really want to go. I've seen one of the performers, and it's, like, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, and I was like, oh, tickets, 28 bucks, and it's next year. And I was like, even if we don't go, no big deal. And then I was like, twelve fifty per tickets for the convenience fee. Like, that's outrageous. So when you pay that twice for two tickets, you've basically bought a third ticket. I was like, this is bull. I was like, I guess I'm not going. When I bought the tickets to go to Wicked with my wife, when I searched tickets for Wicked, like, online, I don't remember what it came up with. It wasn't, like, Ticketmaster. It was something like it. Mm-hmm. And tickets were, like, $120 a piece. It's like, wow, that's a lot. And then I searched directly through the Smith Center, who puts it on. It was, like, $56 a ticket. Like, explain to me what happened there. <laughs> Those tickets for Guns and Roses, Guns and Roses were outrageous. And then I laughed because it was technically sold out, but, like, the second party or whatever people had tickets for sale still and they were still selling for like 300 and some odd dollars right before like an hour before the concert i was like you think you would like drop the price so people like you could make money because obviously you can't make money after the show once it's done yeah i've never understood these convenience fees and <laughs> I guess they sound super cheap because I was like, oh, I'm not going to this twenty dollar concert now because I don't want to pay these fees. But well, it's like it's so it's <laughs> it, kind of like it's discouraging. It kind of leads to our topic in a way because it you know when you see items that are forty bucks and they're free shipping, you're like, that's not too bad. But then you're like, oh, it's thirty dollars and it's ten dollars to ship it man that's ridiculous even though it's the same damn thing you definitely run into that issue with your website because you ship everything which is why everything is free shipping now yeah but it's all wrapped in it's funny because i'm definitely psychology and then especially on amazon because i'm like well i want that two-day shipping they tell me they'll do free shipping if it's a little cheaper but that's five to seven days for this company but if I just pay like the $2 more and go through Amazon, I could have it tomorrow. So 
it's just i'm very i'm i'm selectively cheap is what i like to call it well it's rare that when i'm buying on amazon that it doesn't ship next day or two days right there's something i ordered like a week ago i ordered it thursday at like 6 p.m and it showed up friday and it wasn't like, like I'm Amazon Prime, but I didn't pay for one day shipping. It just showed up in one day. Yeah. I like when I get the Amazon same day because then it really makes me feel gluttonous in life, I guess. When I've never had same <laughs> like, day. What, really? Well, it's always like something you have to pay for. And I'm like, nope. No. So, well, some of the stuff, I guess. But we have, well, you have a distribution center there too, but I don't know. I think it's just what I'm buying. Yeah, sucks for you. A lot of my stuff comes from California. A lot of my stuff comes from Vegas. That's so <laughs> stupid. Anyway, we're not Walmart. So this is our conversation leading into the holiday season and all the inquiries we're getting of. My favorite is the example you get from a client that's a screenshot of some company that mass produces like laser name signs. And they can do those for like $5 and you have to, which is un, unrealistic for any of us to do. So they send that screenshot where it's like, oh, we can have it done for you in two days or it's free or free shipping or 25% off. Like this is our conversation of how do you compete with that in the holiday season? The ones that I find. So you get like the Pinterest people mm-hmm. that will come come to you with a pinterest link and say hey i found this on pinterest and will you make it for that price and it's usually a pinterest link that says make your own table for 99 dollars." the keyword being make it yourself for 99 dollars." they don't understand <laughs> with your 450 dollars worth of tools that you have already in your shop to be able so that's the conversation where like i would go back to the person and say it's going to cost well me it cost me more than that materials because i'm in a more expensive place Mm -hmm. for lumber so are you yeah then like the southeast was so when i get those links and people come to me like that i just go if you read the description carefully it says that they made it themselves that's how much it costs them in materials. I cannot make it for that price. And then they say, oh, well, I don't want it then. I'm like, well, then you're not going to get anybody to make that for you for that price. Go do it yourself. <laughs> I feel like this time of year is definitely very easy to get discouraged with because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, they want personalized holiday items. They want personalized gifts. They want custom but they want the Walmart pricing. Well, majority of the people that are doing this are side hustling so they can provide their family with Christmas. So yeah. at what point of you giving everyone a deal, does it make it worth it? Because now you're resentful because you're busting butt to put like Christmas together for your family. And then you worked harder than what your worth is. Well, if that makes, I guess not harder than what your worth is. Like you should have made more. You yeah. wor- you worked harder than what you got paid, basically, not what you're worth. You're not making your worth. Yeah. There you go. I'm only half cup coffee and Sorry, guys. And I think what happens, so for me personally, 
if if I want something handmade, honestly, I will probably make it myself unless it's something that I know someone personally that specializes in that and I'm willing to support them, which I do. But there's things like, oh, I saw this on Pinterest or my wife saw it on Pinterest. Like, okay, I'll, I'll make it for her. I'm not going to go buy it from somebody I don't really know because it's, it's something that I know I can do. Yeah. And I'm willing to take the time to do it. But there's there's also, I think, the, just the culture here of, oh, there's Black Friday and there's Cyber Monday. And with everything else in our lives, we're like, oh, we can get a 60-inch flat screen TV for 200 bucks on Black Friday. Yeah. I think that mentality translated to a lot of people in everything I buy then should have a sale. Mm-hmm. Not thinking that, like, companies are building or manufacturing or selling millions of these items that's why they're able to sell them at 200 bucks a pop they're not making one if they did one it'd be like a hundred thousand dollar tv right and what we do is so it's like it's customized we don't batch out the same exact item so for us to be able like if we were making 10 12 of the same sign that said happy holidays like a few laser dice and see it whatever but it's like Mm -hmm. the scroll saw look you know what i mean that calligraphy or whatever then that's different like then we could reduce our prices and everything but what happens when you make all of that and like three people buy it and now you're sitting on nine extra of them mm-hmm. and you priced it as i'm going to sell all of these and make money and now it's like oh i just covered the cost of material and i lost the time like i didn't get paid for my time at all so that's what it makes it difficult trying to plan out and be logistical with your holiday prep so there's there's some things i can see like if you did a pre-order yeah. and say you did this is the pre-order price up through I don't know, November 30th. Mm-hmm. And say you started that today. Then you know by November 30th roughly how many you're going to sell. And then that's the number I would base your price off of. That's a that's probably a good way Correct. to do it if you want to batch production style stuff. Like make one sample, take pictures, and then you can use that sample as part of that quantity later. Mm-hmm. That's one way you can do it. I don't like, like you said, where you... You build like 10 up front and then you try to sell them because you never end up selling them unless you're one of these people that has the cult following where you could sneeze and they'll pay for it. I mean, let's be honest. There's some people that could literally like take a piece of wood, like throw it across the room, let it hit the floor, dent it in some special way, and then they can sell it. I don't know how these people have like such a strong following that they'll buy anything that person ever does. But that's the reality we live in where a lot of these people have such great followings that they've built that they can sell anything they make. And those people, if you were one of those batching stuff out and trying to sell 10 of them probably wouldn't be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But if you're a smaller channel, like we are chances of selling 10 of anything is honestly as slim of the same identical thing. Because marketing it is difficult, like getting it out there is difficult, and your channel can only reach so many people. Like even if you have five thousand followers, what is it like five percent of them actually see it when you post it? If that right, or is anyone actually going to purchase from you out of those? Well, it brings me back to the the thing I read about Bill Gates back when he started Microsoft. Is I didn't do anything special. I showed my plan to hundred or a thousand people, 
of that thousand, one hundred were interested. That's already ten percent. Mm-hmm. Of that hundred, ten actually like thought more about it, and then of that ten, like three invested. Like you're, that's a low percentage of conversion. It's just I feel like you have to be. Granted, those numbers are not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think running like a small a small operation. We're not Walmart. We don't have some no. team that's crunching numbers from us for us Mm-mm. for over a year to get everything set up to figure out who to market to, how to market to, what's going to be the hot trending item. It's like us figuring out as we go almost hourly, I feel like. You know what I mean? Everything changes from day to day. So yeah. it's trying to gear yourself to what you think would be a good ticket item, what's going to be profitable for you that's easy to make, that the materials are cheap on, that you can make quickly for like last minute orders. That way you can make make your side hustle, make some little extra cash. Like it's hard because cutting boards, quick, easy gift, people like them also takes time though. And it takes money. So if you're going to batch out cutting boards, that initial investment, if you don't have a pre-sale order, like you can easily go to the hardwood, hardwood dealer and spend like 400 bucks on materials and mm-hmm. batch out a good amount, but then you're sitting, you could be sitting on some and then that's money out of your account like that you could have put in towards the holiday season for your family. So it's like be responsible with your decisions. Things like that you almost have to know going in that, let's be honest, cutting boards are not going to be a large margin option during the holiday season because a lot of woodworkers use the holiday season to batch out cutting boards. Yeah. I don't see, like I check kind of locally what's happened happening exactly. and i don't see many other people selling cutting boards not that's to, good not to toot my own horn i have seen them uh, some of them and they don't look very good compared to what i put out mm-hmm. so like at least if i were to advertise mine locally like i'll probably run like maybe a facebook ad or whatever like at least mine are a lot more visually appealing because it's hard to tell someone that doesn't understand well my wood's more durable blah 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 like this is why you should buy from me you know what i mean but people can see what's pretty yeah and go with that well, and that's so the thing that's going to set you apart, I think, in the cutting board world is how you package it. Well, you've seen how I put mine together because I do the walrus oil, I do yes. the care kit. Like, it's like a little thank you card. So I feel that that's a step above a lot of people mm-hmm. because a lot of people make a cutting board, they take a picture on like a flat white background, and that's how they try to sell it. If you take somebody else who takes that same cutting board, puts it in a box surrounded by like that crunchy paper mm-hmm. has like a what the hell is that string that's twine thank you see you knew and i <laughs> it's like the you know the it's, brown twine yeah so it makes it look you know more wood natured you have a little tag on it that has your logo and then you have the care kit in there like if you look at those side by side even if the other one costs like ten dollars more they're gonna go to the more expensive one because it looks more appealing so another thing about the whole holiday season in general is or selling period which i have been terrible at this forever is your product photography if you're trying to sell online because the photo will make or break you Mm mm-hmm I am not an expert at product photography. I have watched probably 40 hours of product photography YouTube videos (laughs) to try and improve little by little by little. And you can do things without spending like $500 to $1,000 on equipment that people... You see a lot of that in product photography things. Is they're like, oh, you just need these kind of lights 
and you need to put them at this kind of angle and you need this kind of camera. No, you don't. Like, mm-hmm. you could use your phone. You can use, like, overhead lights. You can use, like, scrap wood. Like, I used flooring from the <laughs> art house that. project. <laughs> On one of your recent things. Honestly, that probably is one of the best photos I've ever taken. And it's using, like, what I had at the house. See, I have a hard time because, like, my cutting board photos, they're always out in my front yard, so on grass with, like, my rock background. I have big rocks. But my kitchen counters are wood, so I don't think that a wood... I like wouldn't a, do it on... Yeah. That's why I don't do it, because a cutting board on a wood counter, it's just like, oh, it's, like, really wood heavy. And then you start to lose what it is. Like, if I had stone countertops, that'd be a different story. And it's like, this is what it looks like in the kitchen. So there's a few ways I could see taking, like, a product photo for a cutting board. One is, like, you have it in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. With, like, a knife on it and something sliced up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you occasionally see that kind of photo anyway. That's still better than just the cutting board by itself. A staged photo? Is that what you yes. Yeah. Staged photo. <laughs> the other thing is you could make it and then have it be, like, the packaged photo. Mm-hmm. And you can even take, like, a hand plane or, like, a chisel or something and shave off from like a scrap piece of wood, not the cutting board, <laughs> shave off little strands of wood mm-hmm. and like sprinkle them on top of the cutting board in your packaging with your twine and your card and your care kit. Cause it gives it more like the wood grain or the wood shavings give it more texture and make it feel like it's popping more. This is like from a product photography mm-hmm. video from Peter McKinnon and so if yeah, if you want to look up product photography, he had a really good one on like textures and how to do them in real life and not like in post. Mm-hmm. And he would do things like you know if you're taking a picture of a wallet, what else would you have in your pockets? Like you you oh, might have like a knife, ca- like you might have yeah. So like you put like your everyday carry kit right there, but you're focusing on the wallet. That makes sense. Like, make sure the other items don't overpower the wallet, but then, like, think about your background. Like, don't use, like, a boring, plain desk. Try to find something that has some kind of wood grain or texture or, you know, has character. Make it make it interesting. And I've tried to do that more with my YouTube thumbnails, is trying to mm-hmm. focus more on the importance of that photo, which in the past I wouldn't care about. And I think it makes a difference especially in product sales but i will agree it takes you like it can take you 30 minutes to take one picture don't that's that whole content creation type thing right there like you can definitely get sucked down a, a rabbit hole of trying to make yeah. stuff pretty well and i think if you if you were doing an ornament you can take it take a picture on a tree mm-hmm. and you can have like tinsel around it and lights and whatnot Here, I'll look for that photo later because i'm working on ornaments right now there you go. Yeah. Well, I made ornaments last night. That's you. Yeah, that's I haven't I haven't done those. I think that I guess that would be cool. Well, for me it's easy. Yeah. You, do you do those little handprint ornaments? I haven't done that. Like people send you like outline of like the kid's hand and then you could laser it out and then they can put the like information of the kid for the year. Yeah. So the only thing I've run into is there's ornaments are like a super saturated market when it comes to Etsy. I could see that. And they charge like stupid cheap prices because there's people from there's people from China or people that just don't value their time. This is part of the problem is like Etsy's the new Walmart, like Etsy's the maker's Walmart is so that's like to filter out. That's the problem. Because I know some of the people that listen sell on Etsy and that's not my bash towards you. It's like the people that are 
charging the Walmart prices on Etsy that are ruining the market for everyone else because they their profit margin is like, oh, I paid myself back for materials and that's plenty. And it's like, no, no, like make some make some money for you to put in your bank account too, not just to pay yourself back. That's the like a hard part too for this holiday season. It's like, well, so and so is charging this on Etsy with free shipping. I I rather go local. And then I don't have to wait shipping. It's like, yeah, but I can't charge what they're charging. I don't even understand how they're able to charge you that. So one thing that Etsy did, so they didn't do this at the beginning. They used to be more careful about who they let sell and more, I guess, stringent with the process of approval. But now, like, there's so many people and suppliers from China, which is how those some of those prices are so low is it's being shipped from China. And if you read the description carefully, it says shipped from China. Yeah, so it's like a little factory or something like that out there. Yeah, but you still get people that like order it and don't read, and Mm -hmm. then they get pissed off when their item doesn't show up in a week. I'm like, well, you didn't read that it's coming from China. (laughs) Like, it also says like four week lead time to ship. That's just the shipping. So that that's part of what ruined it for me is you had all these other things coming in because etsy used to be like the like the artisan yeah like a true maker higher end prices for sale maker space type thing yeah and it actually it used to be prices that were actually you know trying to think of the word competitive well uh, yeah so like they they allowed you to have a decent profit margin without gouging a customer Mm mm-hmm like it was a good price range for a handcrafted item. And over the years that went away, more suppliers came in from China and like now you can buy and resell things that aren't even handmade. Like it used to have to be handmade. Yeah. And obviously it's not anymore if you look at some of this stuff. And then you start to see all the prices go down and Etsy is basically the maker's walmart see i think i'm just going into the mentality which i mean leave leave the hate on my profile not martinez <laughs> i don't care i'm used to getting weird ass messages anyways i think i'm just going into the mindset for this holiday season of i'm not willing to compromise for others me too but that's really hard to get there because mm-hmm. it's really hard to say no to money and to pass off and say no to an offer say no to this deal but i don't want to be miserable I want to enjoy the holiday season. Like I still want to enjoy my job, which I'm full time. So this is my job. And I don't want to take on stuff that is going to make me come in at night and be a little Grinch. You know what I mean? So if someone doesn't like my price for a cutting board and they say, sorry, that's too expensive. Tough. I'm not going to say, well, I could do it for this price instead if that's the case, because then they're going to tell so-and-so that I gave them a deal. And then all of my prices for my cutting boards are 50 bucks, which is not true. But it's not only that, you'd be setting yourself up for future quotes with that person. Yeah, so it's just like, figure out, like, is that worth it to you or not? Like, do you yeah. want to just make 10 bucks or do you want to keep true to like your what your normal prices would be? Do you want to batch out and make a bunch of stuff beforehand hoping it will sell? Do you want to do some pre-orders? Like, pre-orders are definitely a solid idea if it's something that you can do. If you want to offer a discount or if you want to be able to offer a discount, but you don't want to like cheapen your brand and you don't want to cheapen like what you do, Mm -hmm. I think a pre-order is a good way to do it because one, if it's a pre-order, it's like a one-time thing. Yeah. It kind of makes it feel more exclusive. Like you're only doing it for this limited run. Yeah. Granted, don't get me wrong. Like I've tried to do sales and they've all failed. 
Like, even when I put things on sale, nobody bought it. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing is we all get caught up in this. We want to make money from what we do. Mm-hmm. We want it to be now. Yes. We don't want to wait. If we look historically at like businesses in general, like they didn't make money right away. Correct. Which is why for the first three years of having a business license, you're allowed to not make a profit for three years. Like a whole different story. But yes. <laughs> you're not penalized for not making a profit for the first three years or whatever it is. So they're assuming that. It's going to have a ramp up period for you to be able to market and sell your stuff and start generating income. And what I feel is when I, when I see these cult followings of people like on YouTube, not even makers, like just YouTube in general with like, have you ever heard of Mr. Beast? Mm-mm. Man, you really don't watch YouTube. I do. <laughs> he has like 25 million subscribers, but he'll like, he'll do a video and he's been doing this for a decade. Mm-hmm. And he's now to a point where he can literally print whatever he wants on a shirt and sell thousands of them. And he doesn't even have to try. But he spent 10 years building that following. So my mindset anymore is I'm going to try to grind it out, focus on YouTube more or less, because I think that's going to have more dividends down the line, at least right now until YouTube dies, which I don't foresee happening anytime soon, and build up the following that will build up my customer base long term. Because if I do projects and I do like, you know, here's what I'm making style videos, not always like how exactly I made things. I think you start to build an audience of people that are interested in what you do. And then if you start releasing products with that, eventually it'll start bringing in sales that way versus doing the other thing, which is like Christmas time, 20% off. Because then people, what's going to happen? People are going to wait till Christmas time next year for you to offer another sale. Exactly. And then they're going to be pissed off if you don't. So, I mean, I've tried the sales. They haven't worked for me. And I think I'm just going to stop doing them, period. I might do a pre-order on a new thing mm-hmm. once in a while. But beyond that, I'm I'm done trying with the sales because it's there's always going to be somebody cheaper than you. I haven't done period. a sale, but I'll do like two for deals. You know what I mean? When people are asking about pricing, like if yeah. you want cheaping it especially when stuff that it's like oh i can make two out of the same material that i'm buying like i don't have to buy more well, that of. Makes like sense. it would go to waste you know what i mean in preparation for the holiday season this week i turned down i don't want to say turned down i pushed back three large orders that could take like line me up for at least 12 weeks because i think that people get so excited about decorating for the holidays and they're like I would really like to have this piece of furniture and and it will make my Thanksgiving and Christmas complete like if I have this entertainment center mm-hmm. trust me if I hit you with my quote for your project you are going to crap your pants and you're going to say no so I'm not going to waste my time putting a quote together for you right now this time of year for something that's over something that's over $4000 you're not going to pay that right now that's not in your holiday budget yeah. So I saved myself some time and I think I lost two and I have one lined up for next year, which is f- fine. They'll find me again if they change their mind. But you would have been frustrated if you took it at a lower price. Exactly. Because you would be building it. It's inevitably something Murphy's Law would go wrong. That's what sucks too. When you build something and something goes wrong and it takes longer and you have to pay more for materials or your tool mm-hmm. breaks and you have to go buy that. And then it's like, I didn't even want to take on this project anyways. And now look at what's happening. 
Yeah. So. And you end up hating yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. For being, for taking it on cheaper. I am a yeller by nature. <laughs> like, I yell, like, not even if I'm mad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I get yeah. loud, which is funny because I don't talk loud on the podcast. But, no, like, <laughs> but I like, I just, it makes me feel good when I yell. So maybe it is out of anger, but it's not like I'm yelling at a person it's like i'm just kind of putting it out there in the world i don't need to bring that in every night at the end of my day like if i'm mad at a project like i don't need to be yelling at nonsense because i'm mad at a stupid project why not go make some you know make 20 cutting boards that are easy i know how to do and like go about my little life you know so yeah and i totally agree i mean i might see and see some that's whatever i can make some cool stuff on there too i can make some holiday stuff on there and batch that out but I got into this because I wanted to be happy with what I was doing in life. And I, you know what I mean? So why put yourself in a situation where you're not going to be happy? That's where I'm at, which I mean, like all year I've been back and forth on. I need to make money to pay the laser payment, but I don't want to do like you. I don't want to sell out or sell my soul for small sales that aren't going to help the brand long term. They'll help me in the short term. And that's the problem. We... I think as humans, we just think short-term period, and we don't necessarily always consider what's going to happen long-term. And I'm sure my opinions have changed all year, but... (laughs) (laughs) You're like, depends on the week I've had. Because at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, my Instagram, I'm going to focus on Instagram, and like, that's just pissing me off. Sorry, language, whatever. The (laughs) We're all grown-ups here. But this month, I've really started to look at, you know, what do I even want this to be? Mm -hmm. Like, do I want to be the cheap laser maker? No. Like, I don't want to take on a bunch of jobs to make a thousand of one part for 50 cents a piece. It's monotonous, and it's not entertaining, and it's not fun. Like, will I do it occasionally? Yeah. But I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be a... um like parts production where I'm just making 10,000 of the same thing. Like would I do it as like a one-off occasionally? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Long-term, could it be a part of the overall business? Yeah, sure. Cause I eventually, hopefully long-term I'd have more than one machine. So I wouldn't tie up all of my production capacity for a month doing one job, mm-hmm. which is the problem you run into is when people want a hundred of something that locks up the machine for sometimes two weeks yeah and usually the margins aren't high enough that you make enough money to make it worth doing that for two weeks and then you get frustrated and then inevitably like something won't cut out right or something will happen maybe the material was warped and then you end up having to cut like 20 percent more than what you really need so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, right now, like as much as I need to make my laser payment, I'm trying to be careful about how I do it. Like I don't, like you said, you don't want to cheapen yourself, mm-hmm. which I, I could easily do that. I don't want to. I tried to do a sale. What was that last month? Wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. When you did your zero sales. So I was like, what? No. Like if I have a sale and nobody wants to buy anything, it means that it's the wrong time of year. Yeah. Like people aren't wanting to buy a custom because you know most of what i do is custom signs Mm -hmm. that are like two feet by three feet if you come to me and you want a customized sign from a jpeg crap image and you want it two days from now and you want to pay me 50 bucks i'm literally going to smack you in the face (laughs) 
because I don't know how many people are like, oh, I want to, like, you pay $5 for a Starbucks coffee, Mm -hmm. but you won't, like, pay somebody what they're worth to hand make you something ridiculous. That's why when I was telling you, when I put stuff on Instagram of, like, my step-by-step and how many steps it takes to actually, like, Mm -hmm. my charcuterie board video, and it's, like... Everything's on there except me sourcing the wood, mm-hmm. basically. You know what I mean? It's like me cutting it down. And even like, that's a very important part. Yeah, but it's like, this is like, look how many tools I use in 60 seconds. You know what I mean? Because I time lapse it. And it's like, I hope that people now understand why I say custom-made Jeep. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, we're just little, we're, there's one shop elf out there. There's only one person out there. There's not, it's not Santa's workshop. So that's why we can't charge the Walmart prices. It's just me, one man band, whatever you want to call it, doing all this work. Yeah. And you may, it's like, oh, it's just like 18 inches by 24 inches. It's not that big. And it's like, yeah, but it has to get made that way. Like I have to cut it down and that takes time and I have to sand it because no one wants splinters in their food. That takes time. So this is why I'm charging what I charge. And it's still, sometimes you do and it's like, man, I did not make enough for the amount of time I put into this. Yeah. So do you I totally do agree. you want your whole holiday season to have that feeling? Because I I know what's gonna happen, right? I'm gonna take on a job like that. I'm gonna be pissed off because let's face it, like we all get that way. Don't don't try to you know think that the whole world is this rainbow cloud unicorn crap. If you're a maker and you're building stuff and you're trying to sell it, inevitably you're going to be pissed off at some point. <laughs> There's almost in every project. So I joke about like my blacklist of clients. Of people like my personality literally doesn't mesh with your personality. Mm-hmm. Anything I say, you misinterpret, and then yes. it's like an hour of me explaining myself. I need to write that down and remind myself that money is not worth it to work with this person because we don't mm-hmm. work well, and that it, it's hard because it's money and it gets in the way. But then it's like I agree, you're just so miserable the whole time, and I feel like your product you produce isn't the same as if you're happy about what you're making. Well, it's not only that. If you're pissed off and it's frustrating you, the people around you are going to be the recipients of some of that. And then they're going to be mad at you. Like, is it overall, is that worth it? Right. For 50 bucks? Nope. And no. Dude, you know what I meant? So we didn't even talk about what we've been working on this week. So what I've been working on this week is cutting MDF panels down for a buddy of mine and then CNCing all the holes for him to make speaker boxes for his car. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been such a little happy camper this week because it's like such simple work and I'm not, I'm, we're working in trade. And so I, I feel like I'm getting a good deal for what I'm doing. You're getting a really good deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, it's been such a fun little week for me. Granted, MDF is super messy and the amount of times I've had a sweep That's gross. is yeah. insane. I'm like, I love this little gig. It's simple little cuts and it's like i'm getting to work with my cnc and like really dial it in with me being able to spec out stuff on there and learning more stuff like what it's capable of and i'm like i dig this and it's been simple little glue ups of because he needs both things glued up to be an inch and a half thick Mm -hmm. instead of three i'm like i like this like it's been like a nice little break and it's like i'm making something that's different it's easy like i'm still learning stuff at the same time but i don't and he doesn't need it by a certain day it's actually funny because by the time i finish with one thing he's like oh i have more stuff for you to make so when i thought i was going to be done with this project like tuesday he's still coming over today on saturday to bring me more panels but he's also doing for three cars so it's not just one system yeah (laughs) so 
But I'm like, I dig this. And it's kind of while I'm playing with my software for the CNC, like it's making my wheel spin for other designs that I could use or like make on there. So I think it's yeah. been a refreshing week. And then I came off of like what I take two weeks off, something like that. So I feel like I'm ready to grind out the holiday season Monday, <laughs> Tuesday. Well, and I'll be honest, this from from like an actual like business perspective i've been happier the last month than i probably have been the majority of the year it's like one of those we can get like also philosophical if it's like you don't like what you what you see make the change blah 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 and i think i definitely felt like that before i mm-hmm. went on vacation because i was taking on stuff that i didn't want to do and i was working with people that weren't making me happy and then everyone else around you feels that and then it's like why am I even here? Like I can go make more money working someone else under someone else at some other job doing mm-hmm. less work than I'm doing. But it's like, but that's not the point of any of this. So I will admit that the, the majority of reasons that like, I just feel depressed about doing stuff in general is mostly because of day job stuff, not making. Yeah. He's not like, he's maybe depressed is the wrong word to use. We don't need anyone like Okay, yeah. yeah. So, okay, down. Yeah. Feeling just feeling like run out. Yes, burned out. Yeah. And the reason I feel run out is not because like I'm working so hard at making I'm failing kind of feeling. Like I feel occasionally like I failed at something cuz either I couldn't tell it or a video flopped or whatever. But most of it's like I, you know, I work full time. So I work 8 to 5. I don't get home till 5:36. I help my kids with homework cuz it's the school year. And then by the time I put them in bed, it's like nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then usually I get like 30 minutes to actually do something in the shop, which is not long enough to do anything during the week because by the time my wife gets home, I actually want to see my wife. So it's like from Monday through Friday, I can't do anything. And it's just, it just sucks. See, I feel like- And then like Saturday and Sunday, occasionally I get time and then I'll be able to do things. But I've been kind of using in the past month, I've started focusing more on YouTube and I started doing like weird one-off projects that I, I think will be fun to try and experiment and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And that has made me happier, even if I fail. Because it's like, well, I learned something. <laughs> And then the, like the sales side, like right now I have two orders and so far they're like the two easiest clients I've ever had in my life. Like one of them wants me to try to paint a gradient on their logo sign, like like where it fades from like red to black. I know what a gradient is. Huh? I know what a gradient is. Well, I'm just saying the colors. (laughs) So it's going from like red to black or black to red. Which is very difficult with spray paint without getting like overspray, which it has overspray. But I sent them a picture. I was like, just so you know, there's like spray dots all through the red just because I like I can't help it. I don't have an airbrush gun, which I think is how you'd have to do that. And I sent them the picture and they're like, we think that looks great. It's like, good. I'll start the other because one gradient goes up and then the middle of the logo goes the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So I have to paint it as such, like I have to yeah. paint one gradient and then I have to go back, flip the pieces and do the other one. And then the other one, I was woodworking of all things, making crosses and I, my router had a fight with the wood and chipped a piece and I tried to sand it out as best I could. And I told the client, it's like, this is what happened. Like, if you want me to start over, I completely understand. It was my fault. They're like, I don't think you have to restart. I think it looks good. Oh my God. Can I have clients like you guys all the time? I'm so tired of the clients that are like, so that white doesn't look white. It looks off white. You're going to have to redo it. 
You've seen my struggles. You've seen my message message exchanges. I totally get that. I'm not gonna lie. And if if any any bigger creator is like life is just a freaking pot of gold with rainbows and unicorns, they're hiding something <laughs> because something has gone wrong and they're just not showing it. So don't pret- don't let people make you feel like if something went wrong, it's just you. It's not just you. And I think that's one thing that social media and content creation has done mm-hmm. is give this false sense of success. Like it happened overnight. They didn't work for five years to make it happen it hides all that crap and i think that's what's most frustrating is you see these bigger channels that are blowing up or whatever and they started somewhere like they didn't start with a hundred thousand subscribers but they're acting like you know everything they do is gold right no they had a bunch of failures somewhere they're just hiding it all because it's not good for the channel Mm -hmm. if it's out there so don't let people make you think that this is easy and it's just gonna happen like it takes a lot of work it's a lot of effort like i don't know how much time i've spent trying to make youtube videos and i still can't monetize them so it takes uh, granted like the terms for monetizing are tougher than they used to be Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of work like it i think it's 1000 subscribers and 4000 watch hours which i told you earlier is like 240,000 watch minutes yeah (laughs) So think about that. Like, don't say it like that. That sounds terrible. Think of how many people have to watch your videos for you to get 4,000 watch hours. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Rant over. <laughs> I feel like I have my game plan set. I'm not Walmart. You it's have a me. good game plan. I think on next week's episode, everyone's going to be like, that's not what she said last week. My game plan's going to change a little bit. Well, okay. But so I have... Plans change. <laughs> right. I have the, the end game, the long run, the long-term goals lining up and but i'm like a little superstitious so i don't like i don't want to talk about it until it happens i would agree with that so i would stay with that strategy (laughs) but i think like either way i have my little holiday season lined up i have a couple like actual like specific holiday designs of things i want to do i have a lot of it and this is going to be prime time for me to get rid of a lot of the scraps that i have in my shop taking up space you know all those little mdf pieces that it's like i can make something with this like i feel like i finally have a place for them so i get to free up some space too so not anything exciting it's like christmas trees and whatnot so that's exciting yeah (laughs) you know i've i've thought about making like more holiday related things Mm -hmm. and they would be like you know smalls in like you know the 10 to 30 dollar range but it's just taking the time to design them yeah because i don't want it to be like something everybody can do. yeah well i mean because then you can't sell them. Right. amanda also told me i have to close shop early this year because she wants the mantle made for christmas so i was like oh Oh, uh, the I, honeydew I have to stop making custom stuff but you know it's only taken me a year to get to start to work on it so well you know sometimes that happens <laughs> Let's hope. Hopefully I get it done. Hopefully I I would love to. Well, so here's my advice. Is sometime before the end of the year, take time and make something that you've wanted to make for yourself. Yeah. For, I mean, for however long you've been wanting to do it, because it'll feel like a win. For sure. Well, I think I'm also... The mantle thing, originally, I couldn't mill it myself because it's hickory and it's super heavy and it's like oh, yeah. seven feet long So <laughs> to run it through the table saw. But now I have the track saw, so it should be easier and I should be able to actually assemble it. Well, my win was my sign. Your sign looks which, super cool. That felt like a huge win. We're just going to get me. it to run off a battery pack, though, because the plug drives me crazy. So 
so here's the deal. If I run it off a battery pack, the batteries are going to die, like, within a couple of days. Right. But, I mean, maybe a battery with a remote, so then you just turn it on, like, when you're out there. Yeah. Like, I could hide the plug probably a little bit better, but... It's very distracting. Actually, the, the picture I took and sent you was before I, like, I actually took the cord and wrapped it up and consolidated it more, which, I mean, it's still, it's still got the plug right there. But I hit all the wiring behind mm-hmm. it so it's not like it's completely obtrusive it's just happened to be where i can plug it's it it's like in. when people wall mount their tvs and then they run all the cords down the wall it drives me crazy well way to just rain on my parade yeah i said it looks really good except <laughs> <laughs> well in a perfect world i would have well there's a plug right behind mm-hmm. it but the problem is I'd have to build the sign out like three inches uh. from the wall for that plug to fit because the plug is thick and I'd have to set the sign off that far, which takes away from the workspace that's right underneath of it. So that's what happens. Well, I think we're, we've ranted enough. We're, we're not Walmart. I think everyone knows that. That's the best, mm-hmm. best way to put it. I think a lot of other people feel like that too. And if you are a maker that, you know, undercuts is able to and feels the need to support another maker, we would encourage you to support another maker during the holidays. Yeah. Don't but don't be that maker that undercharges. Stop that. Yeah, don't Stop yeah, that. don't do that. We don't appreciate that. Yeah, cuz then you just piss them yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> not just us two. The whole community. The whole, the whole yeah. community does not like you. <laughs> and so that's what happens is you get somebody that will make something at a steep discount and then the entire community is an uproar about mm-hmm. the fact that somebody's doing it so cheap because it then cheapens the entire community. Mm-hmm. So anyway, right. <laughs> on to the after show. For sure. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.